Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Paul with us today, who is a clinical hypnotherapist with a a thriving practice in Sydney, Australia. He is also the founder of Self-Help for Life, a website that helps people become better by helping themselves. Besides his website, he has a thriving YouTube channel and podcast. He's passionate about personal development and mental health and believes that the good life doesn't have to be hard or complicated. Paul, welcome and thank you so, so much for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, we were talking beforehand about your standing desk and it's funny because you were saying, you know, you might be bouncing around and stuff. And <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, and when you think of hypnosis, you think of really almost low and I was wondering maybe we could just start with I, I think a lot of people might be cons- confused with what exactly hypnosis is they think that maybe it's the stage show thing where you go to the carnival and they have you jumping up and doing the you know acting like a monkey type thing can you just clarify real quick with us what hypnosis is so people understand just what exactly it is and the value of it yeah sure um I think of that a little bit is like the difference between rap music and classical music so there's lots of different types of hypnosis so there is the stage hypnosis which is designed to uh, make people laugh and make people do funny things and then there's clinical hypnosis which is really about helping people make changes in some way mentally emotionally that kind of thing and the way it's done really is by getting yourself into a very relaxed state so you're moving your brain waves from the beta level which is what they are normally in normal waking state to alpha level so it's more like a meditative state and once you do that your unconscious mind your subconscious mind is more open to new ideas new suggestions it's also more open to removing things as well so maybe if there's been traumas from the past that kind of thing or just emotions you want to release it's more open to that as well so really that's really what hypnosis is very briefly just a very relaxed state where you can take in new ideas and get rid of old ideas more quickly talk to us about relaxation paul because i feel like right now it's a really unique time in history where at the time of this recording, the world is effectively on lockdown, quarantine, shelter in placing because of the coronavirus, COVID-19. And mm. stress and anxiety are at unbelievable highs. I, I was talking to a couple of paramedics the other week, and they were saying that the majority of their calls are all responsive to anxiety. People having anxiety, people having panic attacks, people having anxiety because they're under the illusion that they're having symptoms that are coronavirus type symptoms how is how does relaxation is relaxation or doing relaxation exercises a good and a good and practical way to deal with stress and anxiety and if so how, how often should we be doing it um great great question so the answer i would say is yes and the reason for that just going to a little bit of the sort of neuroplasticity side of it I suppose how the brain works is that when we're stressed our blood flow actually moves from the part of the brain, the the prefrontal cortex. So that's the thinking part of the brain that we're normally most aware of. to another part of the brain called the amygdala, which is more the emotional part of the brain. And that's the part of the brain that controls your fight or flight response. So if you're in a situation where there's a real physical threat, that part of the brain is activated before your prefrontal cortex, which means that uh, that part of the brain can make you run away or fight without even having to think about it. 
So what happens in a stressful situation is that part of the brain takes over, blood moves away from the prefrontal cortex to the amygdala, which is why when you're in a situation like public speaking, you forget your words because brain is actually, the brain flow is actually moved to a different part of the brain. So in the current situation, that stress is causing us to not be able to think as clearly because of the blood flow moving away. So if we can relax, then that can help us feel more calm. And also by relaxing your body, that can help relax your mind as well. So you can kind of do it either way. You can relax your mind and then that relaxes your body or you can relax your body and then relax your mind. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, yeah. And so with relaxing, you know, I, what does it take to relax? Because I hear people all the time saying, they'll say, they'll make expressions or statements. Like, I just wish I would relax. And I feel like in American culture, especially, it's become almost a thing where you don't relax until you are on vacation, beachside, poolside with an umbrella drink. And that part of our, you know, our, our ethos now has become how many hours we can work, how hard we make life, how many jobs we're working, you know, how much overtime we're putting in, how early we have to get up, how late we're having to stay up. And so it, it almost seems like people treat relaxation as this postcard on the freezer where you know you'll go there when you can get there if you get there it's like a lifetime goal but it, that's not the case right it's something that we can do and we should be doing regularly yeah exactly it's almost like happiness is the same as well people sort of like they, they put their happiness in the future as well um but i suppose the reality is if you're working really long hours and you're doing all these things then your brain does need a break and what you'll find is the quality of what you're doing will start to reduce. So, mm. you know, doing what I'm doing with Self Help for Life requires a lot of creativity. So coming up with some really good ideas for videos and that kind of thing. And when you're, I notice myself that when I'm more stressed or when I'm tired, that I'm not as good at doing that. So being able to take a break really allows your brain to recharge. And what will happen is you'll actually be more productive afterwards. So investing five or 10 minutes to relax and reduce that stress mm. is actually going to help you in the longer term. Is there a rule for it in sense of like we should every like three hours we should be slowing down and doing something to relax or is it is it I mean is it a standard across humanity or is everybody different or is it something where for, for people to build in routines I know for me I really am great with routine if I can build in a routine if yeah, I can yeah. build in a habit with it I'm much better at it and if I say well I'll do it when I feel like I need to then inevitably I mean, even in this situation, when I say that with my brushing my teeth, I've forgotten to brush my teeth almost every other day, ashamedly this day. <laughs> so what after the routine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, part yeah. of the new normal that we're experiencing right now. Yeah. So, you know, what's a good rule of thumb for that? Well, I, th I think it's going to depend on the person. So it depends on your level of stress and anxiety. One of the things that is a challenge is to do it when you need to do it. Because when you need to do it, that blood flow has already moved to the amygdala which means that you're not going to think, I need to relax now. Hmm. You will gone too far. So planning into your day, starting doing some meditation or relaxation in the morning, as part of a morning routine is a great thing to do. And maybe, yes, yeah, setting a timer on your phone to do it at certain times of the day. But look, it's going to depend on the person and it's going to depend on your life situation right now as well. You know, some people have gone through really, really difficult uh, times at the moment. Maybe they've lost their job or really wondering, you know, how they're going to pay the bills and even, you know, feed the family. And then there's other people that maybe have been more mildly inconvenienced by this. 
Um, so I think it really does depend on the person and you know what you feel your level of stress and anxiety is, what you're feeling in the body right now and how fast your mind is racing. What are some indicators for it when people should know? Because I, I appreciate what you acknowledge there about sometimes yeah. when we need to relax, it's when it's too late. We're already at that point where we're at that point of high stress, high anxiety. If we could learn to anticipate it or at least recognize some of the symptoms or signals that we're starting to go there, what are some indicators that we should be on the lookout for that maybe could be preemptive and let us know that, oh, wait, I'm on my way there, so it's time to stop and take a breath and work on relaxing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the reality is usually you'll find it when it's too late, but then you can learn for next time. So I think for me, um, noticing that my mind is quite fast, okay, so lots of things going on in my mind, uh, is definitely a key. Cloudy thinking. Uh, and then I think noticing also, I find when I get really busy, I sometimes like, I almost think I forget to breathe, but I'm sure I am breathing, obviously I am. Um, but I think if you're noticing some kind of tension in your stomach, um, that's a sign as well. If you're noticing you're breathing shallow, um, that's another sign as well. So just breathing more deeply into your diaphragm can help you relax as well. If you find that maybe you're being short with other people. So I think a good one actually is if you notice that your personality is different to normal. So if you're normally quite sort of happy-go-lucky and fun and you're starting to get quite grumpy or you're having arguments with people that you don't normally have, particularly mm. with loved ones at the moment because we're all at home together, then I think that's a sign that you're feeling the stress. So yeah, so it's a combination of really what you're thinking, but also how you're feeling and how you're acting. So they're all important. Well, you mentioned before that you could take us through a little exercise just to show us. And I think yeah. that'd be awesome if you could demonstrate the relaxation piece with us just so we could see how simple this can be and how easily incorporated it can be in day-to-day -day life. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I call this my rapid relaxation exercise. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to relax completely in about five minutes or so. Okay, so it's a little bit of a strange exercise. I'll, I'll tell you where it came from. It came from um, a guy called Andrew Newton who was the hypnotist that trained Paul McKenna. So Paul McKenna became very famous and very successful as a hypnotherapist because he was so good at marketing and Andrew Newton, not so much, but this is where the exercise comes from. So if you're, I'm standing up at the moment, but um, I want to assume that you're sitting down at the moment while we do this exercise. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to guide you through it. So what I encourage you to do is actually do the exercise with me and maybe just before you do it, just notice your level of stress at the moment. Just notice what that is. Okay, so sitting down, the first thing I want you to do, so this is a little bit strange, so just be with me with the way that the exercises start. So I can't show you this, but what I want you to do is with your feet on the floor, I just want you to lift up the front of your feet. So you've just got the heels of your feet on the floor. And you're going to notice a bit of tension in your ankles and maybe up into your calves as you do that. Then what I'd like you to do is to then put your hands either on your lap or on the table, but, but palms up. So a bit like a Buddhist monk would do. Okay, so I'll leave mine up here so you can see that. Then what I'd like you to do then is to put your head up towards the ceiling. So looking at either a real or an imaginary spot on the ceiling. And then once you've done that, what I'd like you to do is to close your eyes down so like this. And then what I'd like you to do now is take a nice big deep breath in through your mouth. It's really important with this exercise to breathe in through your mouth. So nice deep breath in. And then when you breathe out, what I want you to do is just allow your head to come forward. Right. Okay, I missed out a step there. So uh, just before you do that, just make sure you close your eyes down and then bring your head forward. That's right. And then what I'd like you to do now is take another big deep breath in through your mouth. 
And this time when you breathe out, I'd just like you to turn your hands over so they're now facing palm down. That's right. And then taking another nice deep breath in through your mouth. And this time when you breathe out, I want you to just relax your shoulders. So just allowing your shoulders to drop slightly. That's right. Taking another nice deep breath in through your mouth. And this time when you breathe out, you can now allow your feet to relax. So allow the front of your feet, your toes to go back onto the floor. That's right. And you'll notice that relaxation now uh, in your ankles and your calves. Take another nice deep breath in. And this time, just consciously relaxing the top part of your body. That's right. Take another nice deep breath in. And this time, just releasing and relaxing the lower part of your body. That's right. Now, what I'd like you to do now is imagine in your mind a very, very beautiful nighttime city scene. So it could be the city you live in, it could be somewhere you've been on holiday. If you live out in the country, just imagine some beautiful nighttime city scene. And there's all the skyscrapers with all these beautiful lights on them, all lit up, really, really magical. And I want you to begin to imagine now that you're turning off the lights on those buildings, like one by one, like a do 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 Just imagine the lights just flickering off one by one. Do 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 That's it. And as you do that, you begin to notice that parts of you begin to switch off as well. So you begin to notice thoughts switching off, thoughts reducing. You begin to notice neurons in your brain switching off, nerves switching off. You begin to notice feelings switching off, sensations switching off, even old habits beginning to switch off, those kind of things. As you continue now to notice the lights in the buildings switching off one by one, Continuing to switch off those lights. Do, 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 do. That's right. Just nice and easily, nice and gently. And as you do that, you notice more parts of your body switching off. Any part of your body that's not needed right now. There's old thoughts, emotions, sensations, neurons, nerves, just switching off. That's right. And as you now notice yourself switching off the remaining lights in this city, so the city goes into a very, very peaceful darkness. That's right. And it's almost that nice feeling you have when it's like two or three in the morning and you're, you're up and about and everybody else is asleep. And it's just that calm energy. And it just feels very, very relaxing and very, very peaceful. That's right. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes, come back to the room, feeling refreshed feeling a lot more relaxed than you did just five minutes ago. So how did that feel for you, Jesse? Oh, it was great. I, I'm such a huge fan. It's like, it's like, it feels like, you know, when you go to a spa and you're there for like three hours and you get the massage and you relax yeah. and you, you, you're in the sauna and you kind of come out in that groggy state. It feels like yeah, you get yeah. that, but instead of three hours, it takes five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I mean, that's an exercise. I mean, uh, with, with hypnotherapy clients, normally I go through a longer, like a 15 minute relaxation, but sometimes you get a client that, that maybe talks for a lot longer than normal. You know, and I had one the other week where 
hour and a half session, hour and 15 minutes, we're still talking. It's like, mm. I want to do something for the last 10 minutes. And that's when I do that exercise and uh, it's really, really good. So, yeah. Yeah, um, you, I noticed too, Paul, I noticed like not only just physically more relaxed, but I noticed my brain seems to be less foggy too. Like that was a real noticeable thing that yeah. when, since you called attention to it before, I do feel clearer, more clear headed right now than I did before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, really the reason for that is that we're relaxing the body. So by putting the body in a bit of a state of tension to start with, we're giving the body a chance to relax. And also that visualization is kind of, yeah, it's taking your mind off things and it's, it's, it's linking the, the light switching off to switching off parts of your body. So that's, and that's a really good example actually of hypnosis. I mean, that's a, you know, just an example of the sort of things you know, I might do in hypnosis, the visualizations and, and little suggestions that linking lights turning off to your body relaxing in some way. Yeah, I, you know, I'm such a huge fan of hypnosis because it's just, it's so incredible the things we can do. And I've often used it and maybe I've misused it too at times for my, <laughs> my own. I, I, I would joke with friends when we would do the drives to Las Vegas late at night mm. and I could go, like, I, I could be so tired and then I would do just a mild trance for five minutes and literally mm. I'd be up and ready to go for the next 10 hours. And yeah, they'd yeah. be like, how, how can you do that? And they go, you know, if you can just give yourself that little bit of like switch off. And it, it was like, I would just, in my mind, I could see the, I could almost see a battery that would just be being plugged in and getting recharged like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, tell you, I was just going to say one more thing about the exercise. I mean, we're all working from home at the moment, so it's great. But when you are back in the office, there's, you can do this exercise anywhere. I, I've done it in, the, I've said before, I've done this in the toilet. <laughs> ah, just really? Right you can do it yeah really easy it takes five minutes um you know you could do it on the train it'd be interesting to see if people notice or not most people probably won't um you can do this on a park bench so really the sky's the limit in terms of where you can do this exercise is it is, is it do you think it's beneficial paul to have a, a especially with people working at home one right now is it is it beneficial for people to have like a a a set place where they would do a practice like this and then separate it from their work or should they just really think wherever because I know some people will have like a a certain area where they might devote to spiritual devotion certain yeah, yeah. work is it good yeah. to separate them or is it is there's is there no real benefit to that or should we just do it wherever we think we whenever we're thinking of it it's probably one of the best time to do it I think the answer is yes and no look the, the best the best hypnosis or meditation session is the one that you do Okay. Yeah. So if you start to use um, having a certain area as a reason and then you don't do it because you can't get into that area or, or whatever, or maybe you live somewhere very small where you don't, you can't separate your office and the meditation area. Um, so the idea, yes, because your brain associates um, where places you are with certain activities. So when I'm sitting at, or standing at my desk here, my brain is associating that with work. So this is probably not the best place to do a relaxation exercise, although having said that, just doing that now, just taking you through that, I feel a lot more relaxed as well. Um, so I think the answer is, don't, we don't want to complicate it, but ideally if you have the space, yes, a separate area will tell your brain that this is, this is, yeah, this is the relaxation place and that will help start the process. Oh, you and I were talking beforehand about the law of familiarity. Yeah. And yes. now that is immensely relevant to right now. I'm hoping that you can, ex you can explain what that is and why that's so relevant to right now. 
Yeah, sure. So the law of familiarity is the idea that when you're with uh, either a person, a place or experience for long enough, so a long enough time, that it becomes familiar and you start to take it for granted. So I'll give you a couple of examples of that. So the first one is, let's say you buy a new car. Okay, so you buy this new car, it's, you know, you spend that, that time even before you buy it, deciding what the model is, what the color is, and then you're driving it every day, you're getting used to all the new technology, taking it down all your favorite roads, washing it twice a week, keeping it really clean, no junk in the back seat, anything like that. And then let's say a few months go by and you're now washing it a couple of times a month, there's cobwebs on the wing mirrors, there's junk in the back, and you begin to, it just becomes like, uh, like anything else you have, it just becomes like the new normal in a way. Uh, the same kind of thing with relationships. And this is often one of the reasons why I think uh, relationships break up is because you start to take, you know, when you first start, you're in love and you do all the little treats, you buy the flowers, you go out for date nights and all that kind of thing. And then as you get more familiar, you start to take that person for granted. Um, and, you know, other things in life become maybe more important, particularly your career. And then you stop doing those little things, those little things that are important. And then, you know, that, when that happens, then maybe that someone else starts to show an interest in your partner. And, you know, they're getting that attention that you're not giving them anymore. And you can see where that could lead to. So if you think about the coronavirus, we're kind of in a new normal. So we were, we were taking for granted what we had before. So we we're taking for granted the fact that we could meet up in groups. We could go to, I, I was really lucky actually to get to a couple of good um, rock concerts just before this whole thing hit. I was quite lucky with that. And um, missing those things, missing the sporting events, but we were taking those all for granted before. And then we've been put into this situation where we have massive uncertainty. We don't know all the things that we were taking for granted, even the basics like um, you know, where we're living and our income and that kind of thing there's potential now or for some people this has already happened where that's been taken away from you and so we're now in a situation where you know we're now really appreciating the things that we once had and but also this this whole social isolation is now starting to become the new normal so where it um wasn't familiar and this good thing about this is the law of familiarity can work in a positive way as well so um in a situation such as if you're um, the loss of someone Okay, so the loss of someone, you're going to go through that process of, of sadness and grief. But over time, you become more accepting as time goes on. So this is kind of, in a way, with the coronavirus, been, we've been going through a bit of a grieving process because we've been missing the things that we used to be able to do. But now we're starting to become to accept that more. And it's starting to become a new normal. And we're starting to realize that our a level of happiness and that kind of thing is not so dependent on some of those things. So that's really the idea and, and really the way to get around the law of familiarity is to try and live a life with as much variety as possible and to really be grateful and appreciate the things you ha already have. So the more you can do that and there's so much science as well around the importance of gratitude and how that just helps with your mental well-being and your happiness as well. Um, so that's really what it is. So does that, did that make sense to you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it probably has different names. I know Tony Robbins calls it the law of familiarity, um, but I'm sure there's other names. But it's just that concept, really. I mean, even when you go on holiday, um, of course, that's something we're not holiday or vacation. I know something we're not doing at the moment. But, you know, when you've been on holiday in the past, you know, maybe you've been away for a couple of weeks. And the first the, the lead up to the holiday is almost more exciting than actually being on holiday, just looking yeah. forward to it, imagining it in your mind. 
then you're, you're on vacation and the place that you're at starts to become familiar after a few days. And the, you know, you've probably noticed Jesse, how the, the days go faster when you're on vacation after yeah. a few days, yeah. stuff unlike the new normal. And um, in that situation, there may be some people, they even like start to miss their friends or they miss their creature comforts back home and they start to actually look forward now to coming home. So again, that's the law of familiarity, you know, and again, how to get around that is really just a case of trying to live a life with as much variety as possible. And that's not always easy where we need to do work and do the, the, the routines that we have. So, yeah. How do you create variety right now, Paul? For me, um, it's a, bit hard, it's a bit hard at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that's such an, you know, I don't think anybody's really spoken to that. And I, I think that's such an important thing because over here in the U.S., they're talking about where we are, uh, where I am at least, uh, probably another month or so almost to just in the certain, the certain scenarios we're in. And then it could be months or even a couple of years until we're back to what was normal before so limitations on variety could be there so how do you how do you create variety in your days well i think some of the things i'm doing at the moment is firstly doing a lot of learning so i do have more time on my hands at the moment so i've uh, one of the things that's great at the moment is it's very cheap now to often enroll in online courses a lot of people are doing sales um, some of our local colleges here are actually offering um, courses for free or very very cheaply to allow people that have been affected, like people who work in restaurants and pubs to reskill and retrain in another area. So there's lots of potential to learn at the moment. Uh, another thing I'm doing as well is using Zoom to keep in touch with people I haven't spoken to for a while. So uh, some, some of like my uncles and aunts and cousins that I've not spoken to for a while, most, they're all pretty much in the UK. So, um, so talking to them on Zoom like this, um, also talking to friends in the UK that again, maybe by now I would have gone back to the UK and seen them face to face but just using that opportunity so just catching up with people because I know at the moment that I'm at home but I also know that they're all at home so much easier to get hold of people than it normally is and they've got more time on their hands like I have so they're, they're very happy to, to chat for half an hour or so so I think that's a really great great way to catch up uh, with people you haven't spoken to for a while and, and you know still getting out like just making sure I get out for half an hour we're, we're very lucky in Australia even even though we're coming into winter now it's just a beautiful blue probably the same in California I suspect it's just beautiful it's actually blue. quite warm here today I'm yeah, sweating yeah. <laughs> really yeah, yeah. yeah so um just getting out getting some sunlight as well so I think look creativity um there's always more to learn there's always more to know particularly in the whole personal development, spirituality, mental health, that kind of thing. So using that time to learn, I think, is really important right now. Well, we just have about a minute left. And you mentioned in Australia, you're still very fortunate that you're able to get outside and, and move about on, in certain circumstances. In the last month or so, this has all been going on. What is one thing that you've observed when you've gotten out and moved about that you hope will become the new normal once we emerge from this time of lockdown, quarantine in place, and, and we start to get on with life beyond COVID-19. What was something that, what is a change that you've seen people make that you hope they, the world embraces that change? Well, I think really our own humanity and the fact that we're all in this together. And so I'm noticing that uh, people are more chatty. I'm definitely saying hello to people more chatting with complete strangers that I might not have done before. So I hope that stays. I've also noticed that lots of people are, are riding on bicycles these days and hardly, a lot less people are, are driving. It'd be nice if that was a change that stays yeah. as well. 
Uh, and people just, yeah, people just getting out walking a lot more as well. So I think that would be an important one. And I think also, you know, I think well, life will be different and, and hopefully we'll begin to appreciate um, a normal life again. And we'll look back at this time. One of the things I, I want to do actually is just go out and take photos of some of the signs like there's a church that's saying, you know, uh, online church, you know, we, our doors may be closed, but our hearts are still open. Take oh, a photo, awesome. you know, and, and other ones around coffee shops and things like that. So that, you know, when the new normal comes, if you ever feeling a bit down one day, you can go to this like virtual scrapbook on your computer or even print them off and just remind yourself of what that was like. And, and in 20, 30 years time, you know, you can show this to your kids. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so definitely doing that, I think is important. When you do that, you'll have to share it with me. I'd love to see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, everyone, what a wonderful experience this was. I, I don't know about you, but I'm still kind of feeling in that post relaxation, that afterglow that comes from hypnosis. And if this was your first experience with hypnosis, I hope you won't allow it to be your last. It is such an incredible tool to use for clearing out the brain fog, relaxing your body, giving yourself a reprieve from stress, anxiety, winding down and really focusing in on what matters most to you. You know, if you made it at a point and one of the things to do with, with just incorporating routines is use these little devices that we have affixed to us anyways and set a reminder for every few hours and just say simply relax and run through Paul's exercise, rewatch, rewind and re-listen and just do it as much as you need to. Stress and anxiety is likely very high right now around the world. And what a great tool to use to do that. Absolutely. Also, I love that Paul touched on the, the notion of law of familiarity. You know, so many of us, we have gotten so accustomed to taking things for granted. And perhaps something you can ask yourself as you walk away from today is, what is something that I've been taking for granted or who for that matter? And, you know, the, as the expression goes, the grass is greener on the other side. But is it really? As we've had this time to go through this, this time of great pause, consider the people who have been in your corner. Consider the people who have reached out to you and if there's some of them that you've taken for granted in the past that you haven't really embraced for how extraordinary they are. And maybe something you can take from the day is remember to embrace them for just the extraordinary human being that they are. Show them a little love. Perhaps the familiar has become so familiar is like Paul said, you've stopped doing the things that you did before early on that made the familiar unfamiliar, that made it exciting. And remember excitement is not limited to the normal way of living. Excitement could be something about coming up with creative ways to just move about the space that you're in. You know, turning a office space into a hypnosis station or, you know, whatever that could be. But there's a lot to digest here and there's a lot of things that you can use that are simple, easy to implement strategies that can not only help you be relaxed, lessen your stress, lessen your anxiety, but perhaps most importantly, help you live an even greater life beyond right now. Paul, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for blessing us with your time, your energy, your magic. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for you today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Jesse, for the opportunity. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, everybody, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to